Anikar is a 21-year-old born and brought up in Bengaluru. He is an avid fan of cricket and tennis. He is a final year engineering student who is also a fan of cricket and generally loves watching all forms of cricket including test cricket and especially the matches in England because he is a fan of swing bowling but fast bowling in general. He has a lot of knowledge about cricket and sharing his deep insights with us about cricket sprinkled with stats is what will make this chat a very enriching one. Hi Dheeraj, welcome to the show. Really excited to have you on the podcast. Yeah, Neha, even I am excited here to, today too. Yeah, so our topic for today's discussion is to consider the possibilities of split captaincy in India. We intend to give a fair argument for why this is a plausible idea and I'm really looking forward. Yeah, okay, split captaincy. Yeah, I have thoughts about that. I've, had, I've thought about that a lot of times before. Yeah, it will be interesting, I guess. Yeah, so let's get started by weighing the pros and cons. Uh, the first point for pro. Uh, I'd like to delve on the history of split captaincy. This was first introduced back in like 1997 when the Australian selectors decided to choose Steve Waugh as the uh, ODI skipper and decided to retain Mark Taylor as the head of the test team. Yeah, when you mentioned about that, this actually worked out well for Australia. You know, Mark Taylor retired from ODIs in 1997. You have heard about Michael Slater, right? Yes. Yeah, Michael Slater was actually, you know, very successful under Mark Taylor as, you know, when Mark Taylor was a captain. The fact that Michael Slater was allowed to be himself and he played freely, which resulted in him scoring nine out of his 10 centuries under Mark Taylor, you know, including his famous performance in the 1998-99 Ash series in Sydney, where he contributed almost 67% of his entire team total. You know, this shows how certain players are more comfortable with certain style of captaincy which allows them to express themselves more. I brought this back because I want to point out that a player's performance is not completely independent from the captain or the style of captain. Yes, that's a very valid point that you bring about. Like Michael Slater, we've seen him do the commentary, but during that specific Ashes series, his contribution was undoubtedly very good. Uh, the next point yeah. that I'd like to emphasize is on the models that are followed in other countries. So Australia did find this model reasonable and tasted success for a long period of time back then. And that's when many other countries also decided to adopt this model. In the recent past, we've observed South Africa, Pakistan, England, among prominent teams who have opted for this. Well, in their case, it also becomes pertinent to point out that they have specialist players who are suited for the role of the captain for the respective formats. For instance, we saw Owen Morgan, the Irishman, who captains the England cricket team to victory in the 2019 World Cup, but he doesn't feature in the test squad and likewise for other countries as well. Yeah, that's true. But I want to mention that when you talk about uh, England, except the England's team, when Owen Morgan was made the captain and they went ahead with split captaincy, all the other, cap- all the other cases, split captaincy happened because of the fact that one person had to retire or one person had to retire from that particular format. For example, you look at India in 2014, the Australian series where India toured Australia, Dhoni retired midway through the series and Kohli was inevitably the next in the line to become the captain. Yeah. But Dhoni was still the white ball captain until 2017. The only reason Kohli was appointed as the captain was because Dhoni retired. You know, cricket is kind of an unfair game to the bowlers, especially when it comes to the matter of captaincy. You know, you, you look at the most successful batsman or the most impactful or influential player, he's most likely to be a batsman. 
and these people are made the captain for example look at kohli brilliant smith back to the sea before in abd villiers now sangakara for sri lanka mahendra yeah. jayawardena babar azam who is the captain for pakistan in t20s right now they are all the stalwarts in their particular team as a batsman so only reason smith is not the captain right now is because of the sandpaper gate unfortunately but we have certain exceptions like jason holder and sarfraz khan for pakistan jason holder for west indies but these cases are extremely low i mean jason holder is very influential for west indies in you know, odis and test cricket test cricket especially you know he averages low 22s low 20s with, with the ball and high almost 30s with the bat so he is very influential player for west indies and talking about new zealand india australia and england we have big four you know kohli root williamson smith and they are the immediate choice for the captaincy because they are amazing players across the formats and these players the board wants them to lead the team from the front by captaining their respective team in all the formats but you know it's becoming very difficult to find an all format player i think as we move forward we might be seeing split captaincy becoming a norm because you find difficult you find it difficult to find all format players you might find a specialist player in one particular format a player who is good in test cricket you know for example look at england jason yeah. roy baisto they are extremely good in limited overs even alex hales but you know players like pujara for india you know is extremely good in test cricket it's very difficult to find all format players in the future look at india itself there is hardly three to four players who play all the formats virat kohli jasprit bumrah mohammad shami to certain extent just ravindra jadeja so there is just four to five players you know who play all the formats I think that's a very interesting point that you bring up, especially with the ad- advent of T20 cricket. You have a lot of youngsters who immediately get into that, you know, T20 type of setup. So again, it yeah. depends on the specialist roles that they play, and you know, if they're across all formats, if they play and they're um, comfortable with that. Yes, that's a good point. The next point that I'd like to bring up here is the emphasis by experts and their opinions. Look, we have some experts who vouch for this model, like Sabha Karim, who feels it can be considered in India, and Bishan Singh Bedi, who feels it is highly dependent on the performance of the team on the field. Ajit Agarwal and Atul Basan also resonate this view of experimenting split captaincy. However, there are strong contender contenders like Sanjay Manjrekar, who upholds and believes that Virat Kohli is excellent across all formats, but he stresses that the need for this might come in the future. MSK Prasad, the former chief selector, and even the current BCCI president Saurav Kangli don't really favor this because in Saurav Kangli's case, he dabbled with this in during his uh, KKR days in 2009 when under John Buchanan they had multiple captains. But it was something he didn't favor, and that's explicitly stated in his autobiography. Yeah, you make a good point there. But what we need to understand is the reason split captaincy is being talked about. by all the experts and also being talked about every now and then in india is because of rohit sharma it's because of his extremely impressive record in ipl for mumbai indians you know he has a 60% win percentage second only to dhoni and also winning four titles for mumbai indians and also his very impressive record for india as captain in t20s 15 wins in 19 matches that gives around 78.94% win percentage you know that is very high amongst all the test playing nations that is the highest and if you consider all the nations such as afghanistan afghanistan's askar stanikzai has a higher win percentage but again 78.94 is not too bad rohit sharma can also boast about the fact that he has 
multinational tournament trophies such as Asia Cup, Nidahas Trophy, which Kohli can't boast about. This makes people feel that Rohit is the right leader for India in limited overs. You know, Kohli's record in IPL is not so good. He doesn't support him. He has just a win percentage of 47%, which means he loses more often than winning. And also the fact that India hasn't won a World Cup or a Champions Trophy under Kohli. Again, we might be too harsh on him as he has led only in a single World Cup and a single Champions Trophy and we reached the semi-final and finals of these tournaments respectively, which isn't bad at all. And also he's yet to lead India in the T20 World Cup. He was supposed to lead us this year, but sadly due to COVID-19 it, has ha- it hasn't happened. Now, RCB again isn't exactly having a lot of leaders like Mumbai Indians or CSK, but it's still a fact that RCB loses more. So Kohli cannot um, use this IPL's experience as a captain to support him whether he can be leading India in the T20 format. You know, Nasir himself, Nasir Hussain himself has said that Kohli is an imposing character and it would be difficult for India to have a split captaincy and also Dhoni had told the media that split captaincy won't work. But the fact still remains Rohit is banging the doors of cap- captaincy in limited overs pretty hard. Will the selectors go ahead with this or not? Only time will tell. Yes, that is a valid point. Yeah. The next point that I'd like to talk about is yeah. how it would help focus on Kohli, the batsman, and share the load with senior players. Virat Kohli has been the captain of the test team ever since um, Mahendra Singh Dhoni stepped down in 2014 uh, down under tour, and subsequently we've seen him getting handed the reins of other formats as well. It has affected his performance and a split captaincy can be considered as he can solely focus on his batting. And even though the whole team depends on his performance, he wouldn't have the added pressure of being the captain. An example I'd like to bring here is that of Sachin Tendulkar. Look, he had an arduous experience of managing the role of captain and the most important batsman of the team. I'm not proposing that Kohli steps down from captaincy altogether, but maybe handle one format and the other two formats to players I shall mention in the following points. Yeah, talking about Tendulkar, his win percentage as a captain in ODI was just, if I remember, 35%. He lost 43 matches and won just 23, which is way below the average. And his average as a batsman as well was just 38. His career average is 44. That's a significant difference. This clearly shows that Tendulkar was probably overwhelmed by the responsibilities of being a captain. You know, he also had to carry the responsibility as being the topmost batsman as well. Yeah. So, see, Kohli is in a similar situation. Yes, he was handed the responsibility as a captain in limited overs after the series against New Zealand in November 2017. Actually, if you look at Kohli's statistics as a batsman, performance as a batsman after being handed over the captaincy in both Test cricket and ODI cricket, actually his performances have improved, especially in Test cricket. He has been doing so well. But in ODI cricket, yes, he was handed the captaincy in 2017 and in 2018, he averaged 133 in ODIs. So, it shows his character that with responsibility, he relishes the challenges and performs better. But again, we need to remember Kohli is not young anymore. He's 31 already and he's only going to get older and older and fatigue will become a factor. We have already seen him taking breaks in between and also his figure in ODI in 2019 was 58. Yes, it's good. 58 is not bad at all. I'm not telling it's bad. But by Kohli's standards, the 58 is pretty okay. And also in 2020, where he played just six matches, but he averaged just 43. Now, it might be fatigue taking its toll. I also personally think that his 
not so great performances in the recent West Indies ODI series and also the New Zealand series mostly had to do with fatigue. So with the amount of cricket being played every year, it's only going to get tougher and he might have to, have to accept the fact that he might not be able to give 100% as a player. You know, Kohli talks about this all the time. You know, he says that he wants to continue playing for India as long as he can give 100% of yes. the team. But, you know, with all the responsibilities, it might be difficult for him to give 100% across formats. And he might, you know, need to step down from captaincy just like Dhoni did and allow other, other players to captain and so that he can enjoy his batting in one of the formats. Yes, that's again a very good point that you bring up because, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, Kohli has mentioned that whenever he feels, you know, it's time to hang up the books, he will always do that. And he will groom the players that are coming on the way, which might give a slight hint that, you know, he does think that split captaincy might be the norm in the future once he's done. Still showing his reliance that uh, yeah. as a captain, but also believing in his young players. Yeah. Okay, the next point that I'd like to bring up is the transition to T20s and international cricket for young players after the IPL exposure and the question of who is the best player suited to groom the young players. Now, with the Indian cricket team set up, so reliant on performances in the domestic circuit, but most importantly on the showpiece event IPL, the IPL does pave the way for uh, inroads into the international team. The question, and this is rhetoric in nature, who do we keep as the best player who can serve the role of grooming the players? Virat Kohli or Rohit Sharma? Both are very established players and have proved their credentials often with magnificent contributions to the team. It also becomes a very pertinent question. Yeah, as you said, um, right now, the way players are introduced to the Indian cricket is by probably initializing them to T20 format and then the ODI format. And if they do well, they might introduce them to the test format as well. Yes, there are exceptions like KL Rahul who entered from the test scene and is now succeeding in the limited overs format. But again, majority of the times it's the way I told. T20, ODIs and test cricket. And that's how Bumrah and Pandya came into the Indian team. So talking about youngsters and you know, youngsters being groomed, Rohit has done a tremendous job. You know, Rohit's Mumbai Indians brought his Bumrah and Pandya into the Indian team. Especially when we are looking to test players by making them play the shorter formats and first and then see whether they can play the longest format. It becomes important for the youngsters to feel confident at the international level. You know, confidence is a very important factor which we do not give a um, lot of importance to. You might have all the technique, you might have all the shots, but confidence is important. So youngsters need to be groomed well by the seniors and supported well by the captain. You know, Kohli is very well known for chopping and changing a lot. And when a youngster is subjected to this, he might feel insecure about his place in the team. And this might lead him to not play to his potential. You know, we talked about Michael Slater, how he did well like under Mark, Mark Taylor. That's what a person wants, support and confidence from his captain. I feel this is what is happening to Rishabh Pant. Ironically, he has had a better test career so far than in limited overs, though he's known for his big hitting capabilities. I mean, he was introduced to a lot more test matches in than ODI or T20 but he has been dropped out of the T20 and ODI team regularly and this has affected his confidence I think. We have to look at Dhoni on how to groom youngsters, you know, also how to utilize the maximum potential out of the players he has, he, he was, he's given. You know, using Joginder Sharma in the 2007 World Cup final, the way Dhoni groomed Kohli and Rohit Sharma, it shows how important captaincy is in these matters. It's very important. That's true. 
because when Kohli was emerging, like in the ranks, we saw the role that Dhoni played. He was always there for him, took his inputs while setting the field and everything. So that grooming of the young players is very important, rightly pointed. The next point that I'd like yeah, to focus absolutely. is on investing in young blood. Say KL Rahul for T20s. Uh, for ODS, we can have Rohit Sharma and Kohli exclusively for Test. These guys are regular uh, regulars across formats. The concluding point that I'd like to bring about is it's time that we invest in young blood. Say we keep Kohli as captain for Tests, bring in Rohit Sharma for ODIs and KL, KL Rahul for T20s. This is something I propose for Rohit Sharma to take over the ODI captaincy after the 2023 World Cup that's happening in India. The aforementioned model would come into play even better then. Even someone like Shreyas Iyer, who is a bright prospect for captaincy in ODS, and the grooming of Prithvi Shah and Shubman Gill can also be considered for the road ahead. I mean, I told the previous points about Kohli not getting younger anymore. He's going to feel the fatigue and he's going to need to step down from captaincy. And we already see some captain materials already in the limited overs format. Shreyas Iyer, yeah. who actually leads Delhi Capitals team in the IPL. And KL Rahul was supposed to lead Kings Eleven Punjab this year in yeah. IPL. So this shows that they're ready to captain. So jumping into the whole con section of this topic, it becomes interesting to see how over the years, whenever we think of a captain, we almost always end up thinking of a batsman, as you previously mentioned. And if he's performing well, we think of him as a potential captain. How about we also pay attention to the bowlers who form an important cog in the setup and deserve due credit? And that they can be considered for captaincy. When I see someone like Ravi Chandran Ashwin or Jaspreet Bumrah for captaincy in tests, one would think that is absurd. Having bowlers as captains cannot be negated, as we've seen Anil Kumble among many who have successfully captained their teams. So it's about time we also bring this into perspective. We should. I mean, bad comments also for Australia did what considered as a potential yes. captain, right? You know, looking at a person like Kohli who is an imposing character. Nasir Hussain himself said that. I mentioned this point before. So will he be open to the idea of playing as a player and not as a captain? So Kohli wants to you know, lead from the front. He's that kind of a character, you know, the feisty character. No, I don't think Kohli right now would be open to that idea because he wants to do well for India across formats. And, you know, if the captain across formats is successful, why do we need to bring the change? Hanjar Manjurekar himself yeah. pointed out this fact. For example, Williamson has been doing pretty good for New Zealand. New Zealand has been doing good well in tests, good in ODIs, and decently well in T20s yeah. as well. Look at Kohli. Kohli has a very good, you know, he has actually the highest win record as a captain in ODIs for India. And also a pretty decent T20 you know, win percentage in the international format. And also a very good test career. You know, as a captain, he has done ex exceedingly well as a batsman and also led to India for his first ever you know, overseas victory in Australia. Yes. Series victory, if I have to mention, the first Asian team, actually. So Kohli has done pretty good in test format as well. So if a person has been doing well, captaining well across formats, do we need to bring that? And also, you know about the media, right? How they blow everything out of proportion if a person you know, retires from captaincy and they bring talks about yeah. rifts. With media playing such an important role in impacting people's opinions, the chances of a captain stepping down to make way for another player will be misconstrued as him giving up authority or an apparent tiff in the team with the senior players, which again affects the team dynamic and is highly unnecessary. The point that I'd like to talk about is players finding it difficult to adapt. 
now with changing captains it becomes very difficult for especially the young players who have just made inroads into international cricket they experience the challenge with changing captains and it doesn't really bode well young players who are you know just finding their feet may not have the compatibility across all formats so this may not be the most ideal thing the next point that i'd like to talk about is fair assessment uh, done keep that fair assessment cannot be done keeping the keeping just the ipl stats in mind when we look at the admirable stats of rohit sharma in the ipl it can be misleading to say the least the team composition is very different for ipl with the presence of four foreign players so that's something that exactly cannot be considered as an accurate representation see when you look at kohli stats in rcb as a skipper and his performance and the team's performance in qualifiers it doesn't really inspire confidence but again it is dependent on a whole lot of factors how the team performs in that specific day and it also depends on the fact that the players who are picked in the auction by the management are right and the team pool money yeah karnataka player not only karnataka player i mean we do not have another very good indian player that's a problem for rcb yes. right that that's a whole other discussion <laughs> yeah so much viewers Oh yeah on a concluding note this is us expressing our views about split captaincy that can be considered as a possibility this is in no way trying to be disrespectful to the role that virat kohli plays as a captain but an efficient workload management seems like a good idea this is what the future ahead looks like and to secure the future and keep it in safe hands this is an ideal setup post the 2023 world cup happening right here in india with that i'd like to take an opportunity to thank dheeraj for taking the time off is busy schedule to accommodate this chat and to be really approachable the chat is really engaging and here's hoping that our viewers also resonate with our views and yes we can always <laughs> agree to disagree i'm joking we welcome your views on this and let's keep the debate on thank you so much dheeraj welcome there thank you bye Thank you so much listeners for all the support you've been showering the podcast on social media and for personally conveying your good wishes too keep the support coming also do check out at the rate never on the backfoot's official instagram handle for all the fun trivia quizzes and a lot more curated just for you please share the podcast and stay tuned for more episodes cheers goodbye for now